Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Tuesday, the 27th of December. Flyers will be back coming up on Thursday when they head out uh, for a West Coast trip. They're actually continuing the road trip that they started before the Christmas. All said and done, it's considered a five-game road trip, two games before the break against Toronto and Carolina, and three games after the break. Flyers will be in San Jose coming up Thursday night, 10.30 puck drop there in San Jose. And here's how the trip follows before they do return home on the 5th to take on the Arizona Coyotes. So San Jose, like I said, Thursday, 10.30. Saturday, the uh, New Year's Eve game against the Los Angeles Kings, 4 o'clock puck drop for that one. And then, Anaheim, and then Anaheim on January 2nd will wrap up the five-game and three-game portion of the homestand with a 10 o'clock uh, puck drop there in Anaheim against the Ducks. And like I said, they'll return home to take on Arizona on the 5th, and then we'll see Toronto at Wells Fargo Center on Sunday, January 8th. So the homestand uh, is a short one, only two games. Then they'll go to Buffalo, then return home. It's a little bit of back and forth, a couple games here, a couple games home on the road. And uh, they'll, we'll have a, a pronounced longer homestand uh, coming up in the beginning of February, where they'll have a five-gamer against the Islanders. Edmonton will see Connor McDavid, Nashville, and then Seattle kicks off a home-and-home where they'll face Seattle at Wells Fargo Center. Dave Haxtell's squad's right now sitting in a playoff position. But in this episode, you know, I wanted to look at a couple of things in this episode. Initially, my thoughts were to look at some players in groupings, whether that be, you know, the the defense grouping or the forward grouping and kind of evaluate where players are at this point in the season, kind of arrow up, arrow down. How's their season been so far as we're sitting here at this Christmas break? But I was thinking to myself, you know, that's kind of difficult to do because it's not difficult to do. I mean, we we could do it. But the other thing I thought about that we have to consider is that for a team that's missing so many players with injury, that doesn't have a ton of high-end talent to begin with, you know, judging players when they're fitting into a lineup in a place where, you know, on a team that's a playoff-bound team or a good team, they that's not where they would be slotted. So we're almost judging some players kind of on a role that maybe they'll never be suited to play. You know, maybe they're playing a role right now out of necessity that is not a role that they'll ever be asked to play again in their career. Now, some guys, maybe they will. Maybe this will show that, hey, they, they're they a guy that we thought the player was limited in this regard, but we're finding out that maybe they can play beyond those limitations that we initially thought. You know, you look at some of the players that are being thrust into situations. Right? I mean, Rastos is lining right now. is playing top pairing, uh, right side, defensive minutes alongside Ivan Provorov. And, you know, I don't think he was extended with that in mind. Tony D'Angelo came in, filled that role pretty decently in the beginning of the year. Then I think we saw Tony D'Angelo just maybe see too much ice time. His play dropped off as well. Was that sustainable for him to play that role in that many minutes? Probably not. So Rasmus Ristolainen has moved into that role. It's come at a cost because Rasmus Ristolainen has not produced offensively. He's got one point on the season. But is he a guy that is long-term for that particular job, top-pairing right-side guy? I don't think so. I don't think that that's a, a formula for success. 
It may be a formula out of necessity right now, but it's not a formula for success down the road. So that's something that they will have to figure out. I mean, obviously, they've been trying to figure that element out since, you know, Matt Niskanen decided to hang him up. You know, I, I don't think that they signed Eric Gustafson to fill that role. But, I mean, you've seen a kind of a rotating door of guys there on that top pairing right side. And none of them has, have filled that role to the same degree of competency as Matt Niskanen. So maybe that's something that we will do. I just got to think about it more because I've always been a firm believer that you judge a player on where he's best suited to have success. And look, I think you judge him, you can judge him playing in the role that may be above their head. But to me, it's a different kind of judgment. So what I wanted to get to in this episode was an email I got from a guy uh, named Jeff. I won't put his name out there because I'm not sure if he wanted his last name out there. And he sent this to me a week ago. And he said, thanks for reading my last email on Flyers Daily. And he said, one element of the Hayes benching that I've not heard anyone discuss is the impact or lack of a, for lack of a better word, on the fans in attendance that night. Now, Hayes was scratched for the Rangers game at Wells Fargo Center. And he said, my family and I drove down from Connecticut for the game. And as you know, there were a lot of Rangers fans in the house, in the Wells Fargo Center. He said, when we already have a roster that is bereft of talent, which is exacerbated by injuries with Couturier and Atkinson, he said, I was frustrated to see that our second leading scorer on the team was out of the game. He said, I know Torch is on a search-finding mission to determine who should be here for the long run. Yet at the same time, is there any accountability on him to put out the best possible roster, especially for a home game against a bitter rival on a Saturday night right before the holidays? He said, well, I'm not suggesting Hayes being in that game would have been necessarily what turned that loss into a win. We still presumably would have had a better chance than going with 11 forwards and 70. Your thoughts. Thanks, Jeff. And I think it's a really interesting thought. You know, I've been a guy that when I was doing my radio show for years and in the NBA, you know, the term load management came in. It was, I think, originally started with Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. He had some aging players and he, quote, load managed because he knew that they were going to make the playoffs and it was more important to have his top players fresh and ready to go come the most important time of the year, the playoffs, than it was for some game in Philadelphia against the Sixers in February. So he brought in the the term load management. And hey, you know, the, the thing about it is, is that, you know, we saw guys like LeBron James get in on load management, probably still to this day. And, you know, when LeBron James goes to a city, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's, I won't use Cleveland, but whether it's Atlanta or or whether it's Denver. People buy tickets specifically to see that player. And maybe in some cities, you know, their team's not good and they sell out that game because people specifically buy tickets to go see a spectacle in LeBron James. Now, I'm not suggesting Kevin Hayes is a spectacle like LeBron James, but I always kind of went, Hey, if they're going to load manage guys, they should have to do that for their home games because their fan base should feel the pain of that 
because, hey, you know, it's a situation. They got a chance 41 times to see LeBron James where, you know, when LeBron James plays for the Lakers, you have one opportunity to see LeBron James in Philadelphia. Him being load managed out of that game is kind of unfair, and it's not a great way to grow the game. But then I go, okay, well, why should the home fans, he plays there, they pay his salary in essence, they should get the biggest benefit. So back to Kevin Hayes. You know, I get the frustration of Kevin Hayes not being in the lineup and being without Couturier, being without Atkinson. I think for that game, maybe Wade Allison did return for that game. I think he did. But other players injured. And you're missing out on an opportunity to see the team at full strength. But I think there's... I Look, I don't know that there's any accountability for John Tortorella to put the best possible roster out there. What he's trying to do is build the best possible roster going forward. And if it takes scratching a guy, I, that's part of the equation. There's an, you know, an, a, a term when it comes to buying tickets to a show of assumption of the risk. You know, assumption of the risk that puck may fly out of the off the field of play, the surface of the ice, and you may get hit by it. There's also a assumption of the risk that, hey, you're not entitled to a certain lineup. A player could get hurt. When you buy that ticket, if Sean Couturier is hurt or LeBron James is hurt, there's an assumption that you won't see that player. And the same goes for Kevin Hayes. I, I understand your frustration, Jeff, but I think we all have to look at the big picture here is what I'm saying. And the big picture is this team needs to hold its players to a higher standard. And if Kevin Hayes not playing in that game was part of that, I get it's frustrating when you're coming down from Connecticut and you don't get maybe to many games, but I'm on board with it, and I'm fine with it. And when they hired John Tortorella, this is part of the deal, and they knew it. It was part of the deal with Elaine Vigneault. He scratched guys, too. He scratched Travis Konechny. Healthy scratched him. He scratched other players. It's with most coaches. It is exacerbated because they do have a lot of guys out. But I think this is part of the deal right now. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, another brand-new episode, and we'll get uh, closer and closer to getting hockey back on the ice for the Flyers, which will be Thursday night against the San Jose Sharks at 10.30 at the Shark Tank. But everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on a brand new Flyers Day. Stay alive and talk.